0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim
1: and Shannon.
0: It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this thoughtful Thursday episode. I hope everyone out there had a good Christmas, safe, and their travels to and from with family were safe and a good experience celebrating the birth of our Savior, understanding that, I don't know, a few days ago we did some scripture, I believe from Isaiah, that the Savior that was born, the government will rest on his shoulders, which is great that it doesn't always have to rest on ours, but we are going to talk about some of what is resting on our shoulders and that Jesus gives us the, the grace and the wisdom to move forward wisely. We're going to do some inspiration and jump into some of that local and national coverage.
1: Our inspiration today is going to be God's comforting commitment. Years ago, our family visited Four Corners, the only place in the United States where four states meet at one location. My husband stood in the section marked Arizona. Our oldest son, AJ, hopped into Utah. Our youngest son, Xavier, held my hand as we stepped into Colorado. When I scooted into New Mexico, Xavier said, Mom, I can't believe you left me in Colorado. We were together and apart as our laughter was heard in four different states. Now that our grown sons have left home, I have a deeper appreciation of God's promise to be near all his people wherever they go. After Moses died, God called Joshua into leadership and guaranteed his presence as he expanded the Israelites' territory. God said, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Knowing that Joshua would struggle with doubt and fear as the new leader of his people, God built a foundation of hope on these words. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. No matter where God leads us or our loved ones, even through difficult times— his most comforting commitment assures us that He's always present, Heavenly Father. We thank you for comforting us with the promise of Your constant presence. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Well, inspiration brought up Colorado, so I guess we'll we'll start in Colorado. Colorado, Trump was barred from the ballot for the 2024 primary election, which is very odd for a number of reasons. I'm sure that everybody's heard quite a bit about it. Uh, For all transparency, we are recording this show on Saturday because of the Christmas season. So maybe something has happened since this recording, but barring a presidential candidate is unheard of. It's not something that, uh, you know, that we always hear, oh, you got to preserve the democracy. Well, they kind of talk about Trump as being a threat to the democracy. So then you keep him off the ballot so people can't democratically vote.
1: I didn't think they were allowed to do that.
0: Well, in the 14th Amendment, I believe it was section three, I think they were, were quoting that because Trump was part of what they're calling an insurrection, he's not allowed to be on the ballot. Now that amendment to the constitution was placed in there after the civil war. So that way people that were, you know, in in places of prominence, especially if they're going to run for office, they're going to be pretty well known in the time. And they did not want people that were looking to overthrow the government in the South to the Confederate army to end up running for public office. Because of course there was the whole reconstruction and and so it's it's a strange part of the Constitution to use to keep him from the ballot. Because, of course, what is an insurrection? You know, the 14th Amendment, you look at the idea of keeping Confederate politicians off the ballot. There was hundreds of thousands of people that died in that war. And it was a war to decide how the country would go on a number of issues with slavery and commerce and, and a great deal of things. What happened, and, and it's really interesting now, because we have so much of the footage from what happened on January 6th. And this is obviously all political. It's not reality. What they're doing with the justice system in January 6th is going to go down in history as a, a black mark on our justice system. Because, of course, we had all of 2020 where there was lots of riots and lots of damage to private and public property. And for the most part, no one went to jail. No one was sentenced you remember the, uh, what was it, police department, the federal building in Portland? We had that whole, uh, what was that called over in Seattle, the uh, uh, area, the, the several blocks and the police department that was taken chop. over? Chaz chop. chop. That's right, Chaz. Anyways, so all that ridiculousness goes on, and we don't see large numbers of agents investigating and imprisoning people that were involved with what they were really trying to overthrow, that area of government. They took over a police station. So it's pretty insane that they're even doing this now that we have so much of the footage from January 6th, whereas, yes, one side of the building, there was a lot going on there. Police were firing rubber bullets. There was obviously tension in the crowd. But on the other side of the building, there wasn't that tension. Most of the footage on the inside of the Capitol on January 6th showed people just wandering around. They weren't overthrowing anything, and the police weren't stopping them. In some cases, the Capitol police were escorting people around. Like the Horn Hat guy, he got escorted to the chambers where he did some of his famous shenanigans. And beyond that, we also know the timeline that goes with it. We There's people that have made it very public, their experience on that day, and Trump's speech was blocks away from the Capitol where the supposed insurrection occurred. Trump said march peacefully and patriotically, so he didn't tell anyone to do anything illegal. And the insurrection was, was happening, the supposed insurrection, where the people were getting into the Capitol.
1: When he was blocks away.
0: Where Ray Epps was telling people to go into the Capitol Not only was he blocks away, the speech was done blocks away, but he was still speaking and doing the speech while the confrontations were already happening at the Capitol. So really, I don't know how they can define Trump's activities as insurrection in any way, shape, or form. Our government went right back into session. It was paused for several hours. Then the Congress reconvened, did what they did, it's not an insurrection it's ridiculous and i think it's becoming even more ridiculous because you have these supreme court judges in colorado all of which were appointed by democrat governor the the level of politics and and the justice system the deep state is going to to have power in the political climate in the political world in the political halls of supposedly our, our republican form of government are constitutional republic with democratic voting right well we don't have a democracy and a lot of folks think that the elections are rigged and I know that I get told don't bring up elections being rigged because it hurts voter turnout well I thought mail-in ballots was supposed to increase voter turnout well it really didn't and what we saw is that every state that went all mail-in became a democrat-run state we see them registering people that are not legal citizens. We actually talked about that on, on this show, I believe. We talked about the number of people. There was a survey that came out, and there was a huge number of people. It was the Heartland Institute. Actually, we haven't talked about it on the show yet. The Heartland Institute. Oh, Rasmussen. It was Heartland Rasmussen. There was a large number of people, and we'll go over this another day, that admitted that they filled out ballots for other people, that they turned in ballots mailed them in, even though they were no longer a resident in the state. So we'll go over that some other time. But obviously, Trump and a lot of people didn't trust the outcome of the election. But we saw that in the, the previous ele- presidential election, where the Democrats said it was rigged. And and so we're we're in a place now, if we want to continue to have a country, we probably have to do what some other countries have done. And that's get rid of the machines. You know, maybe like, Argentina, except there's a reason why they don't want to get rid of the machines. There's a reason why they don't want people to show ID to vote. There's a reason why they don't want to track the ballots to the voter. I mean, at this point in time, folks, but we have to change our thinking because of technology and because of what's at stake in our country. Are we going to save our constitution? Are we going to save our our country, our traditional values, because the left, the far left radicals and some global elites are looking to change everything. And they have been making lots and lots of changes. And we've got to get rid of the machines. We've got to get rid of all of the, the possible shenanigans that can go on. We shouldn't shut down elections because they find powder inside of envelopes to get mailed to elections offices like we had this last year. We shouldn't have mailboxes that have been discontinued that they end up finding ballots in after the election, like we saw in Washington this year. How much of that stuff goes on? How many variables do we create by having a mail-in system? A ton. And then you add electronics, computers and, and possible hacking and things like that. Let's just clear it up. So no matter what happens, which side wins, you know who won. Well, the left doesn't want to do that because in like Argentina, Javier Malay, who's actually a libertarian, won and they've been ruled over there by the far left. The far left actually has taken over basically all of Latin America, except for a few countries. And now you've got Argentina, a guy that says he's going to shut down a big portion of the government because it's wasteful spending and there's too much corruption and you can't track where all the money's going. And we're going to be talking about that on the second half of today's show where is all the money going? And that's why uh, I, I say it's a thankful Thursday because I'm thankful that we're not all completely bankrupt and living like we're in a third world country the way that our government spends money. And one of the ways we're spending money in elections is adding huge expense, mailing ballots all over the state, all over the world, really. We're mailing ballots. There's people that are voting in states they no longer live in because they got a ballot in the mail in another state that they're now a resident of to vote in Washington state or whatever other states. And that was a result of the whole country taking on Washington's election system, kind of like our system, because of the pandemic. While it's time to get back to tying the ballot to the voter. And, And I'm kind of of the thinking that this whole secret ballot thing can go away. And a lot of people are going to get angered by that. Oh, I need my ballot to be secret. It shouldn't be known who I vote for. Well, Trump being barred from the primary ballot, you know what presidential primaries are, Shannon? They're polls so that they can tie people to political parties or candidates. And what's really interesting about this is that you think you have a secret ballot, so no one's going to know how you vote. You know, I can go to big tech companies whether it's social media companies or research firms, and there's thousands of pieces of data on every voter, on every individual, so you can do targeted marketing. You think you get the same mailer as your neighbor that thinks differently than you? No, political campaigns, word mailers, target different audiences with different mailers, different bullet points of what their concerns as a politician are because they know what kind of voter you are because of the data that they're purchasing from these research firms and marketing firms. So it's probably about a 90 to 95%. If you turn out and vote, the data is already out there to know who you vote for. So we might as well just own our votes and have them counted properly instead of having them thrown in the mix with who knows how many other ballots that may not be legal votes. That's why we've got to get away from this mail-in ballot system and all these machines, and we just need to vote in person and decentralize the election system so that if there is fraud or there is people doing shenanigans, whatever organizations, parties, it doesn't matter, it's decentralized and you can nail it down to a neighborhood instead of an entire county's ballots just being thrown into the same bin. Anyways, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with a whole bunch of local coverage and spending here that is costing us a lot of money right out of our own pockets. But we think We're going to be getting a deal. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this thankful Thursday episode. Yes, I'm thankful we still have a country. I am thankful that we are not bankrupt and all living homeless. But we're heading in that direction with the insanity that has gone on. And all of this stuff that the government does, just like the millions of dollars they spent going after Trump on the Russian collusion thing... They are throwing away our money, not just at the national level, but at the local level too. And we're going to dig into that in just a moment. But there was a little, there's a few pieces of news coverage Shannon had over here talking about the Supreme Court and Donald Trump. We were spending so much money going after someone that is in the lead in the presidential primary. Just let the process work, but they can't let the process work because the people we're dealing with are not just incompetent and evil, and corrupt, they have no problem spending your money, tons of it, creating headlines to try to, guess what, influence an election.
1: Influence election or target people to try to take them out of places of decision-making. The Democrats... Uh, let's see. This was out of the the spokesman review on the nineteenth. Actually, it's from the Wire Report. Dems pressure Thomas. That would be uh, Justice Clarence Thomas to rec- recuse himself in the Trump case. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is facing calls from a growing number of Democrats who say he should recuse himself from a case examining former President Donald Trump's presidential immunity with House members now raising concerns about the justice's ability to remain impartial given his wife's involvement in the movement to overturn the 2020 election results. Specifically, they raised concerns about Thomas's wife, Virginia Guinea Thomas, who repeatedly pressed the Trump White House and lawmakers to overturn Biden's 2020 victory. She attended the Stop the Steal rally before the January 6th Capitol attack and told the House committee investigating the attack last year that she believed the 2020 election was stolen.
0: Well, so So, you're not allowed to have an opinion if you're related to someone or if you're, if they're a conservative, if they are a person that looks at the... And it's not even really conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican. At this point in time, if you can biologically recognize the differences between a male and a female, you should not be able to speak. And if the left wants to silence you, you're, you're supposed to sit down and shut up. That's the new rule that they've created, which is why the left has been so successful. They put all this pressure on one side of the political island. Sometimes I actually agree with the Democrats on how the Republicans move forward on things, or if there's a Republican that did something that was inappropriate that they should step down from their position or whatever. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that at times, but it doesn't go both ways. So that's the problem. They want to, like in Colorado, put their justices in place, misuse the Constitution, create precedence in in national history and national elections, and we don't like to talk a lot about national stuff, but we are today, Uh, but we're definitely going to be moving to some more local stuff later in the week, because there is a trickle-down effect of these politics, but to see that at the the national level. They want to influence the courts by telling justices they have to recuse themselves. Well, those justices not only have spouses that might have political opinions, but they probably have political opinions too. The courts are going to be overviewing a lot of stuff with technology. So the stop the steal rallies, people were really confused with what happened because not the whole entire country didn't have the Washington election system previous to COVID. And they thought, you know, you talk to somebody over in Idaho, and they think we're crazy having an all-mail-in system. So you'd had the all-mail-in system issues, machines that broke down. I mean, there was issues all over the country with different things, right? But there's also issues with tampering with the election. Mark Zuckerberg dumping in $400 million into the election. I, mean, I think Clarence Thomas's wife probably has really good standing as a voter and an American citizen to question and they say, oh, you can't question the outcome of elections. Of course you can. There's legal pathways to actually do that. So you can do recounts. So you can look for fraud. But here what we have in this country now, the control of the media, the control of digital platforms, the search algorithms on these large you know google search algorithms you had the silencing in social medias of the hunter biden stories you had the silencing of well actually kind of had the silence of the biden campaign because he just did his campaign from his basement so it was not very many people saw how cognitively compromised he was so i think the elections are being manipulated by a whole lot of different entities, even foreign governments. You know, they said Russia was involved with the election. In fact, it was other countries that were more involved. When you got TikTok out of China, when you've got presidential candidates that are barred from using one of the largest social media at the time, Twitter, now X, you had a presidential campaign kicked off of communicating with the rest of the country. That's obviously rigging the elections and and so is all these these cases and and trying to use lawfare to keep the president busy so he's going to be fighting these things they knew all this information two three years ago they could have been filing the cases then they they're timing this lawfare to try and change the outcome of an election so instead of having
1: russian collusion
0: right well that was the same kind of stuff you know, the the way that they misuse the FISA courts. I mean, there there should be investigations into all this stuff, but really there's not. It's all propaganda. It's all political. And no one's going to get held accountable at the end of the day, probably. But I think it's important that we we recognize that the far left is going berserk. This year is going to be really bizarre, but we have to stand our ground, not let it drive us crazy, and just know that we're supposed to seek the truth. That's our job as Christians, that's our job as good Americans, seek the truth, don't get tied in with the, the propaganda. You know, I, I never ask our listeners to pay attention to uh, crazy media, but I've, I've done a little bit of that over this last week. And the claims that they make on major media platforms is insane to me. It's insane. You see the pundits, they're talking about, uh, of course, this big thing with, you know, if Trump gets elected, he's going to be a dictator, or the claims that they make about the climate and, and the, the goals that we're going to have. Oh, we've, we're going to stop using diesel fuel by 2050. Well, you know, I'd like to have uh, lots of things change in my world, but I have to have a plan in place first. I can't say, well, I'm going to quit my job to become a neurosurgeon. I think I should probably keep my job until I get some years of college underneath me first. So they do a lot of uh, dreaming. I think that they're smoking something. But moving away from this election and stuff, there is that one more issue of the Supreme Court. They're not taking the case, right?
1: They're not at this point. It's going to be kicked down to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit.
0: And of course, all these cases they're filing in districts where they can use lawfare and basically pick the courts that they think will be favorable to them. So we'll see where all this goes. I think it's going to be a big joke. It's going to be a big mess. And I don't think they're going to stop any candidates from legitimately running for office. So on the more local level, we need to uh, look at, I guess, the diesel issue that you would brought up to me on the way into the studio today. They're talking about getting rid of all combustion engines – including the ones that run on diesel. That's your farm tractors, that's your uh, semi-trucks that deliver everything to your stores. Basically, if diesel got turned off, the spigot turned off, no more diesel, we would be looking at empty store shelves by next week. You would have crisis, rioting everywhere. And I I think that they should probably have a plan in place before they they make those claims because the battery technology is not there but there is battery technology that's coming on board that is better and this is actually from a couple of weeks ago it was in the business section of the spokesman review talking about the the Scylla nanotechnologies inks deal with Panasonic so Panasonic is the world's fourth largest lithium battery battery producer and this uh, Scylla Nanotechnologies, uh, their agreement comes just weeks after work began on renovation on a factory in Moses Lake. And the reason why I think this is important is because this factory is 600,000 square feet. They're looking at using a new technology. Well, that's great. I mean, searching for new technology is awesome. Uh, the CEO of the company, Gene Berdyshevsky, if I'm saying that right, Gene Erdoshefsky said that Scylla engineers made some 55,000 iterations of the battery before creating Titan silicon is what they're calling it. He said the material delivers 20% energy density boost over the industry's best performing batteries. Okay, that's great. So you have some better batteries if you can move things into uh, the realm of having more things become electric let that economy do what it's gonna do. Let innovation happen. That's the nice thing about the free market. But it's not a free market because we're sick of seeing all the taxes that we have to pay and we don't want our government to go more in debt. And this project got a hundred million dollars from the Biden administration to help the production of batteries in Moses Lake. It's great to see technology advancements. It's great to see more jobs. This is going to be about 500 jobs in Moses Lake right here in Washington. Why do we need to spend $100 million? If it's a great technology and it's going to expand a marketplace, there should be enough profit in it to not have the taxpayers subsidize $100 million of the project. And that's where our government is not wisely spending its money. And too often we're seeing foreign governments, multinational corporations, and our government infusing itself. In the private sector, which can become fascism pretty easy because once the government's tied to the corporation, what if the corporation's doing things that are either not good for the environment or bad for consumers? How can the government then turn around and be the one to enforce the law on entities that they funded? I don't know, maybe like a laboratory that was funded with U.S. tax dollars that helped create a pandemic wuhan i guess since we funded it who would be in? we'd have to go after our own government right so i think government and corporations shouldn't be so married i i don't believe that constitutionally governments are supposed to be this involved in the private sector but we're gonna have this technology coming and we're a long ways off of having the replacement for diesel
1: well but it seems to be i'm i'm doing some research looking at it is caredge.com and it was published back in April 15th 2023 it says these are the states banning new sales of gas and diesel vehicles so we're we're going through and of course California is number 1 on the list and it's talking about how you know 2030 2035 California will be the first uh, to announce the ban on those types of vehicles And then we move down and they give a list of um, states, which happen to be Washington is on the list. But it says all of these states and the District of Columbia are likely to adopt the 2035 ban in the coming days or weeks. Now, what's really interesting is I'm looking at this graph. It says Washington state plans to ban ICE cars. The Move Ahead Washington Transportation Package has six times the amount of funding for climate and clean transportation than the previous transportation package. In 2015, connecting Washington Transportation Package, 56% of it was going to highway projects, 9% of it was going to preservation, 6% of it was going to climate and clean transportation, 2% of it was going to fish passage barrier removal, And 27% was going to other.
0: Is that talking about the dams, maybe? Breaching the dams?
1: That is what I'm assuming, which is why I stopped to talk about this graph. The 2022 move ahead Washington transportation package now has 36%. So instead of 6% in 2015, we're jumping to 36% in 2022 for the the climate and clean transportation.
0: Well, a lot of that has to do with the law that is going to be heading to the ballot more than likely for voters to over overturn the whole Green New Deal in Washington that was a green scam for all of us that, you know, you see the cost of groceries, the cost of fuel, and these carbon credit auctions is basically what they are. And the state's brought in billions of dollars. And of course, those billions of dollars that we are spending are going to be laundered to entities to try to get us out of our cars and you know if electric cars works if consumers like them fine if there's alternative energies that people can use fine
1: you know my concern is you and emily talked about dams last week 14 percent of that uh, transportation package for 2022 is going to the fish passage barrier removal So, taking a look at I don't know what the transportation package looks at looks looks like for 2023 and 2024, but we might want to look pretty quickly at um, how much of that percentage is going to the barrier removal for fish passage, because we all know that has to do with our dams. Well, they're
0: trying to ink these deals and create these pieces in the budget because what they would like to do is when they people stand up and scream, it's going to cost too much to tear out the dams. They're going to say, we already have the money in the accounts. We're ready to go. All right. Well, the dam has broken on our time. So we've got to go because, We're out of time for today's show. We'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.